You know the first time you ever got upgraded, it's like, are they gonna take this phone and then I'm gonna have to get the new one? And you wanted to keep both. But in the world of us, you don't get to keep the old phone. So when you become the new person that you're expecting, that you need to be, you will have to let go of certain friends, you have to let go of certain relationships. And you say, no, but some of these friends are cool though, can I keep them? Is that, like, yeah, but they're a bit toxic sometimes, right? You gotta let it go. This is Talking To My Thoughts. Welcome to Talking To My Thoughts, the podcast where we have open, honest and raw conversations, but with a twist. We bring unique perspective on our thoughts by literally pre-recording the things that are on our mind before talking about them with the group. Now we do this because we believe before you can be open with others, you first have to be open with yourself. So make sure you guys stay up to date with all of our content by following us on our socials at Talking To My Thoughts. And make sure you guys listen to the end to hear some of our responses to some of your thought-provoking questions. Now, my name is Simon, aka SJ. I'm a proud St. Lucian, boop, 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 boop. you know this. Uh, I'm a father of two and I'm a content creator. Craig, over to you. Um, and my name is Craig, aka Mr. Positive, also a proud St. Lucian. Uh, a person with big dreams, big mindset, and always believes that the best can come out of anything. Yes, and we are very thankful today to be joined by our guest, Alex. Please introduce yourself. Yeah, my name is Alex Holmes. I'm a therapeutic coach and a writer, podcast host, and I'm a Jamaican. So, guys, don't dash me out of the chat. Kind of how I know how the other islands stay. They're like, you know, we don't want them here. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, uh, I'm happy to be here, man. Appreciate you both. Thank Appreciate you, man. you too. Thank you, thank you. So. Before we're going to jump into our conversation, obviously, we want to give our listeners a little bit of opportunity to get to know our guest a little bit better. So, mm. Alex, if you don't mind indulging us in a couple of questions, I'm just going to throw a couple of questions at you and just speak freely about it. Yeah. So the first question is, what do people never ask you that you wish that they did? Wow, that's a that's one you just dash up. Okay, <laughs> throwing in deep. These are the levels of the levels of conversation that we're going with. Yeah, all right, cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> what do people never ask me that I wish that they did? I don't know. People are like, I'm quite. So you know we're hitting on them powerful questions. Boy. Yeah, you got a guy. You got you thinking. Gonna, you got to give me twenty four hours. I saw him. <laughs> Giving you guys dead air, like what? Um, it's alright, we're ready, we're ready. Yeah, Yo, you know what? I think I would like people to ask about, just ask me about, kind of about just like purpose and about the journey. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like they kind of find me and they just they just jump in straight out, straight off the bat around like all the stuff that I posted or kind of my podcast or I said this and that and the other. But um, it's very rare that people ask me about how I got there. But also, mm. that's down to me as well. I should be, I, I'm, I'm getting around to sharing that whole journey when in my book and on my podcast and being a bit more vulnerable with that sort of side. But um, yeah, I think that's one thing that I decided. But I always thought that it's not really about what people what I want people to ask me. It's kind of what I'm willing to share. So the next question is, what is the greatest lesson you've learned about life so far? The greatest lesson I've learned is that 
you never stop learning, to be perfectly honest. Because the moment you feel like you're done, I don't feel like you've lived really. Um, yeah, one of the, it's like, it's never done. It's always, you're always in revolution. You're always in momentum. You're always moving. There's always something that is coming. Um, it's a consistent wheel of personal growth. It's a consistent wheel of development. And yeah, you're never done, man. That is it. And I can't even, and that's me at 29. Imagine me at 82. I was sitting there like, <laughs> sitting here like it's done. So I'm like, I'm looking, at, I'm looking at it. I'm like, it's done. It's done. I'm tired. Um, so I look at it and I just think to myself, you know, yeah, man, it's never done. And um, it's always just beginning. Do you know what I mean? Like it's always just yeah. beginning at mm. every single phase. So um, yeah, man, that's probably, that's, that's probably one thing Wicked. I've learned. Um, our topic for today is healing broken men and it's also talking about like self-love self-empowerment self-forgiveness now when i did a bit of research into this and tried to get my understanding of what at least broken what that would essentially mean to be a broken man it, it, it comes down to one simple thing i guess it means to hurt or be damaged emotionally and that could be through anything. It could be a trauma. It could be a harmful event. It, it could be through just situations that's happened and life experiences. Um, you guys can kind of obviously go in the direction of self-love as well. But in as few words as possible, what does that initially mean to you when you hear that topic? Something makes me pop up in my head about um, society's pressure on men. And that can break them in in turn kind of like the need to be successful or highly responsible and then if they ever fall off the pedestal um then they can find themselves be feeling lost almost useless to an extent as well um why because men usually live by purpose and if they are not feeling that they're fulfilling their responsibilities then they can feel that they're not actually fulfilling anything and there's no point of them um i don't think i'm kind of against the idea of being broken. Um, but I'm very much with the idea of being emotionally traumatized um, and going through those traumas. Um, Self-love is important. And a lot of men have gone through a process of self-abandonment um, from childhood up until, you know, their 444 moment. And um, it's a uh, it's one of, it's 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 a big thing. It's a it's a it's a it's an important conversation to have, actually. Cool. Um, with that said, let's open up the conversation, man. So we're gonna play our first voice note, uh, Craig. I don't know which one you've got lined up first, mm -hmm. but we'll listen to the voice 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 note. Obviously, pay attention, um, and then we'll just we'll just open up the conversation from what we hear, man. At the moment, I feel really, really good. I don't have much outside of what has happened um, in the past few years and with regards to like, my mental health journey, my ups and downs with what's going on there. Um, 
at the moment I've come I've made several breakthroughs with regards to therapy and kind of what I need to deal with and to challenge in order for me to become the best version of myself the best possible version of myself um, but the whole journey really started with me having a breakdown when I was in Scotland um, working for a company that I didn't want to work for doing a job I didn't want to do and being in a career that didn't satisfy or serve me I didn't feel as if I was doing a service to people and um, that's the career side and that was a lot of stress that was a lot of work that was a lot of um, a lot of pain that happened there it was really dis- it was really it was really painful being in that space just because when as men we run through so many different um, expectations so many life things that we just don't that we don't explain that we don't explore that we don't talk about and I think one of the huge impacts is at work um, it's not helped by people like Steve Harvey who um, kind of make it a very blanket statement to say men's self-worth is in there is in how much they earn and um men's value is in how is in the material success whereas women's is in the emotional success and i don't agree um i don't agree with that i i think that we all have equal and balanced needs when they are when it's a, whether it be about emotional and material success and what that means for each of us individually um, but growing up as a man, obviously, you are consistently um, told <clears throat> that material success is the way, and um, you have to win, and you have to fight, and everything's a challenge, and in, in all of those natures, it's very difficult to it's very difficult to kind of move from that at times because you are kind of stuck in this stereotypical kind of um, vortex that happens and that's what kind of led me to my first breakdown. I was under so much stress with myself, I wanted to do well, I felt like I wasn't being the man I was supposed to be, I was I felt like I wasn't being the man that, that was expected of me, it was horrible, it was, it was bad um, and I felt inadequate. I had a huge imposter syndrome. It was difficult. It was a challenging and emotional time for me. Um, and so, of that, it was also learning about myself, learning about love, learning about friendship, learning about identity, learning about who I was in any of this. Um, the early part of my 20s was very, very difficult between 21 and 26 was like one of the hardest few years that I had ever ever encountered um, because there's a lot of coming of age a lot of um, learning and yeah I think yeah it was really difficult and I think that the, the saving grace for me was finding the friends that I needed to be around me having the conversations finding the courage that I needed to do the stuff I needed to do, getting into therapy, um, becoming a coach myself, and then kind of embarking on becoming a therapist myself. Um, and those are all the things that, le- that I learned. And in over time, healing, healing the relationships with my family, healing relationships within my friendship groups, healing the relationships with with myself, um, 
yeah that is that is it that's Very interesting perspective on um, on it. But I, I, a good question I'd like to ask you, Alex, is when you was a teenager, did you already? So I guess there was a point when you went to twenty one to twenty six. There was a breakdown of yourself in a sense of maybe your self belief or what you believed you could achieve in this open world now, um, especially according to everybody else. But did you have that as a teenager? When did it first occur? that you realized that you maybe didn't believe in yourself or didn't thought that you, there was something that wasn't enough? Um, yeah, man. Like, a lot of this stuff, it does stem from from childhood um, and teen and, 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 yeah, and adolescence, right? <clears throat> Those are different things going through my mind at any given time. Sensitive, empathetic compassionate all of that doesn't have that there's no room for that in a masculine dominated kind of society and world really you're consistently told that that is not correct told that is not right um so yeah definitely between in that in those early phases it was kind of just a, a process of trial and error like for everything Going to uni, never knew why. <laughs> Left uni, never knew what I was going to do. I, you know, went away and studied, got a career in something that I didn't even study at uni. No longer in that career anymore. Completely looking for a complete swivel in career, completely. And um, it's just like... Um, That's yeah. what he was able to pull together from it. Yeah. To say that by the time the 20s were over, you realize actually it can feel like while it was happening that you're just failing and it's not going well. But yeah. then, really, sometimes if you could change the perspective, it will be like, well, you know what not to do. You know how not to navigate. You know what doesn't align with you. Anymore. And now you've really discovered, okay, actually, I can just do the things that actually were originally who I already was and perfect. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. And when, and when you look back on it as well, you kind of think to yourself, what, like, there were loads of telltale signs of the person that you were going to be sitting there looking back at this Yeah, all the way through. And it's just that you kind of, you make, you know, I always say we are a series of decisions. We are a series of choices and things. We make choices every day. We make decisions every day. We are put up against so many different things each day. And you can go one way or the other in any given moment. And as I said earlier, it's a a consistent learning, isn't it? It's a consistent lesson. So, yeah. How did you feel in that moment? What was the initial kind of feelings that you was getting from that? So, backstory is that I went to train as a journalist. And I was on a scheme with a paper. And I'd been with this scheme for like two years before. And then I kind of did another set of training with them. And in and out of that training in London, they were like, we don't feel like you're ready. We're going to send you to Scotland. No choice in the matter. No, let's, that, what do you want to do? None of that. It was, we're going to send you to Scotland. So mm. you feel like I felt a deep sense of shame in that I couldn't do the job properly, so they sent me to Glasgow. I was away from my family. Um, I was away from my friends. I 
was had this mad fear that I was going to be forgotten, that I was going to be left behind, um, I, that I was going to fail in the place. Um, and there were some instances where I did some really mad stuff at work and like, yeah, I got slapped on the wrist several times. But <laughs> um, it was all because I didn't want to be there. Every day I walked into the office, I would put on this mask of, good morning, everybody, how are you doing? Da, 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 da. But I didn't want to be there. But I was just in mm. a very, very deep, really bad emotional way. I had to go home for Christmas and I had to come back up on like the day after or two days after. My birthday is over that period. I spent my birthday at work. I spent New Year's at work, New Year's by myself, my birthday by myself. Um, and it just was a lot. It was a, it was a lot. And it just, and it kind of made me, yeah, it just kind of pushed me over a little bit because I, because I knew I didn't want to be in that space. Also, that was, a, there was, and, and, you know, in the time of like going through therapy and kind of like really doing some deep self-evaluation and work, it's not about the job. You know, never about the job. That's interesting. It was about, it was about me. It was about how I showed up for myself. It was about how I felt about myself, letting other people define me. You know, they mm. tell me that they want me to go to X, Y, and Z. And they say, they tell me that I'm not ready. And they tell me that I'm not doing this. And they tell mm. me X, Y, and Z, and I'm not in this place and I'm not in that space. But what do I think about that? how I guess the the question would be how did you heal from that and I know you've already kind of touched on those things where you said well you connected with a lot of your friends again your family you went to therapy what made you make that decision what made you decide okay well this therapy may be something that I need or I need to consult with my friends I need to kind of reconnect to be able to find myself again what what was kind of the, the moment that, that kicked it for you I went back to like the London offices and I had a panic attack <laughs> Um, that was when I was thinking like, I need to go to, I need to, I need to like really look into getting a therapist and start to talking, start talking about mm. what is going on. Cause it was just unwielded, unmanaged, untamed emotion everywhere, mm. everywhere. And, uh, touch on that actually. So you, you said you had a panic attack. How did, how did, what happened at that moment? Um, so the panic attack happened because so I went to uni and when I was at uni, I studied French and Spanish and in my, and in, and in the applications, languages are always coveted in it. They're always wanted. Everybody's like, oh, you speak languages that we can use you for X, Y, and Z. Da, 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 da. Um, I, Again, the whole insecurity thing, the anxiety stuff, the lack of self-belief, the lack of self-confidence, the lack of everything. Mm -hmm. um, I was in this journalism job. It's me one at this desk, right? Uh, me one. And then, so I'm like, the, I'm like the junior reporter. And then there's like some other kind of reporters there. Um, and then, you know, you've got the head of news rolling around. It's a Sunday as well. when I should have been at home. Um, Hmm. The head of news is running around trying to find people. He's like, oh, who wants to go to Calais? Who wants to go to Calais? Da, 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 da. I was like, you know when you're just, you know when you're like, really like, <laughs> I don't want to, I ain't trying to be seen right now. But like, <laughs> but that's how I, that's how I felt. Like I was just sitting there, but I was really just kind of like looking at the, looking at the computer screen, not doing anything. He eventually picked someone else who was a bit more senior. Um, but. I was hyperventilating and I was like really shaking when he left. And I was really like, 
Mm. Like, and it was just kind of, um, so every time he walked past, I would get like tense and anxious and I would do that. And it got to a point where I was so, I couldn't focus. I couldn't do anything. Hands started trembling and my, my skin was prickling, couldn't breathe. Um, I, had to, I left the office, went downstairs, called my friend, said that I think I'm having, that's what's happening. I think, I, like, I think I'm having a panic attack, called me. He can't, he just counted me down. And he helped me count down my breath and slow down. Ground myself. Where are you? What can you see? What can you feel? Where, like, you know, mm. breathe in for how many? Breathe out for how many? Um, and all of that stuff. So that was this. That was a panic attack, and it was. Just, and I was like, whoa. And I was like, I don't ever want to be in that position again. I felt like it was. Felt like I was losing control of my reality. Um. I can't do it. I'd have night tremors. Um, I'd have a fear of a, every time an email came through on my work phone, I'd be scared that it would be asking me to do something that I didn't feel like I could do. Um, it was a lot of stuff, man. It was a yeah. lot of stuff. That sounds like a hard place to be in, it man. Like, it does. It, it really was. Does. The funny thing is now, if, but it, then you obviously, you healed from that though. So you obviously healing. had those, those, yeah. those well, healing, yeah. exactly. So you've, you've obviously, thankfully found uh an avenue which has helped you to be able to do that obviously when when we're thinking about this it can come in so many different aspects you're thinking about i don't know growing up without a dad you can feel broken like rejection regret heartache failures as you talk about with your work and how you felt like you was a failure failure losing loved ones like like low self-esteem depression there's so many things and so many different emotions and 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 experiences that can make you feel that you are broken but i guess what would be beneficial for our listeners is knowing that you've gone through something like that and you're coming through the other end and there are ways that you can heal from it so what obviously one of them i guess is therapy Mm -hmm. and and being able to share those those experiences so that you can get help from other people but is there any other things that maybe you do for yourself like you've done at home or you may meditate or whatever it is that has helped you to kind of heal yeah so i would just say that meditation is hard for me i have a very active mind and a very Hmm. um and calming down that mind is quite tricky so i find that uh difficult but they're all connected, the mind, the body, and the spirit, right? And um, you're not taking care of your mind, one of the other two suffer, in a way. You're not taking care of your body, the mind and the spirit suffer. You're not taking care of your spirit, everything suffers, really. Um, so I got back into the body. I started getting back into kind of getting physical. Um, you know, yoga, the running gym, um, really tapping into tapping into myself really kind of feeling itself one of the key things of it when you have that anxiety is kind of remembering remembering that you're real so feeling mm. yourself and be like hey this is this is reality this is here sort of thing but getting into the body getting stronger getting a strong body in order to kind of build a stronger mentality and mindset um developing your spirituality you know affirmations self-reflective journaling um prayer like literally just prayer man um 
yeah, it's just a multitude of things. But what worked for me was getting into the body, getting into my spirituality and really understanding the social aspect of my life um, and just developing on from that, developing on from that and just trying to be, again, trying to become the best possible version of myself. That's what we're here for, man. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. All right, Craig. Craig, let's let's go into yours. Let's not waste too much time. Go onto your voice note and then we'll we'll follow suit, man. We'll follow up the conversation. Healing broken men. Self-love and self-empowerment. I really can't imagine or think about when I've ever been like broken to a point where I could actually remember it maybe hurt for like a very short amount of time or for like less than a day uh, i don't know maybe i had an argument with my parent but then it didn't take too long to get back to it there was only one time which was more my fault but i didn't feel broken i just felt like it's just going to take time to um fix what i did in a sense but i've never felt broken like actually down in the dumps, depressed or anything like that. I've actually had a lot of self-belief in myself from since I was young. And I always thought something, I was always capable or enough or... I don't know, I just... To me, life is always going to be like a great life. I've never thought that life was going to be rubbish, ever. And I've always believed in myself in the way of knowing that if I want it enough, I know I could do it. Yeah, sometimes you might quickly say, oh, no, I don't really, uh, I don't think I'm not going to be able to do that or whatever. But I know that if I put my mind to anything, I would definitely do it. In the sense of self-love, I don't think I've ever really hated myself or hated like parts of myself or anything. I've actually really just believed that I'm genuinely just a good person, uh, really self, good belief in myself. Uh, believe in my life that it's going to be great and that feeling just actually got stronger and stronger as I became an adult. I just believe that the more I have control or responsibility of my life then the best the better it can be or the best it can be because that means if I have control over it if I put loads of effort and do the right things make the right choices then things will turn out the way I need to and if I don't then that was on me so yeah, I think I have a weird complex around um, ever feeling broken. I've never actually felt broken. And in sense of relationships, I've never been heartbroken before either. Um, so uh, I think my self-belief in myself was always really sky high, um, which I guess in turn means that I always felt empowered. And then my self-love, um, yeah, I would always put myself in environments where I feel appreciated, I feel... Um, I'm happy and it's always like good vibes. And if I ever had friendships or even work environments or anything that just wasn't, um, that wasn't in line with good vibes or feeling good, or at the end of the day, I felt better or anything like that, then I would cut it away. If there was ever, like you have off days or you have off conversations, but if it was ever consistent, then it, it didn't belong in my life anymore. And that was how, that was my stand about it so I think I guess I have quite a unique stand about it I don't think I've ever felt in a way that my life would ever be bad or this is it like you're ever in a rut and feel like oh this is how it's going to be I'm going to have to accept this even jobs when jobs didn't go my way um, for a long period of time then I'll just switch job and I knew I could do it so 
yeah sorry really went on a tangent but yeah I really have had a lot of self-belief in myself from the get-go um, and even when things get really tough I always say well it must be tough because that means I'm gonna grow into something even better um, because I've never grown in comfort I've only grown from uncomfortability so once you step out your comfort zone that's usually when they're really gonna start growing even more so I've accepted a lot of challenges as well even now I would say I'm probably in a challenging place and I'm still just pushing through and believing I'm growing and being grateful so yeah so yeah so yeah I guess for many people, hearing you say that is is going to be like, oh, really? So he's positive like all the time? And we know that's not the case. But I think that from what you've said, it's a bit of a testament to your character that you always kind of see the silver lining. And I guess going back to something that Alex mentioned as he grew from his, his kind of moment where he felt he had a breakdown, is that it's definitely a mindset. It's definitely how you perceive your circumstances and how you adapt, how you change, how you, you move with what's happening around you so that they're not in control of you. You're in control at all times. And I, I guess, as I said, it is a bit of a unique perspective to have that from such a young age. You said you've been like that all your life. <laughs> so I guess the question is, where do you think that came from? Um, I believe it would be my parents and my childhood. That's definitely the strongest. And I think most of our attributes are grown from an age that you couldn't even remember per se, but it will warp you maybe as young as like less than 10 years old or onwards. And as I've made it through school, probably the earliest times I could really remember of my parents kind of bigging me up is that they never really thought I was going to do bad in school. So they always thought the best, but more so in the sense of if I did do bad, it wasn't obviously it is a punishment to an extent of not beats or anything, but you wouldn't get what, you're, what you wanted in a sense. But they would always say, like my excuse would be like, yeah, but... Yeah, but them, man, they also got the same thing. Like, they got the same grade as me. They said, yeah, but is there one person in the class who got an A? Is there one? I'll be like, yeah, this one, like, he's a boffin. He's a boffin, isn't it? So, <laughs> it's like, but there's one, though, right? So, you wanted to be like everybody else, but there was one person who could do this. So that means the school did everything they're supposed to do, and you wasn't that person. He said, you're not supposed to follow other people. You're there to be yourself and be the best that you can be. And that was repeated over and over and over and over. And it never took came up. And it was never a case that I was just like, because of that, it meant that my ability can always be the best. It can, it can be, possibly. And yes, you can make mistakes. But even when I did make mistakes, then it can still be the best. Like, you know what? You didn't do too well, but you can do better. So that's instilled in me. And that's what I remember when I think back to my school, my childhood, and then when it went into school stuff, um, not school stuff, like university and uh, work and that, they, they weren't necessarily the, into the whole techie and electro electronics, but they always kind of just supported whatever decision I made. Need it be from, I think they recently told me about the time when I wanted to go to a certain primary school. They wanted me to go to a primary school because it would accelerate me into the top secondary school, which was St. Bonds. And I said, uh, I actually told them as a, <laughs> 
I told him as a, a kid. <laughs> they told me I told him as a kid. The school isn't the person that makes the student. The student makes the school. And I said it as a kid, and I said I don't want to change primary schools. I believe I can do great as I am here. My my on, on my contrast, my twenties were my best. As I got older, every single day became better for me. Why? Because I gained more responsibility of my life. There was no more school, no more、uh, routes to take. Nobody can tell me what I could do. When I go to、uh, work, I can set my pay with my pay. If I say that I want to go for a job that I believe I can earn twenty five thousand, then I can earn thirty five thousand. Then I can earn fifty thousand. I'm gonna go for it. And I remember doing that, and I kept doing it. And I just said that if I work, it didn't matter what the papers said. Hey, managers need about six or seven years. I said, but you don't know about a person that works sixty hours per week, though, do you? You don't know me. So that's all I knew. If somebody、mm. is in the world getting paid more than I get paid, I can go for it. And that was the belief. That's it. That's my travel. How I went through, and it just kept going. Then challenges come along because I would say that in the first few years it was very smooth. Challenges came along. First challenge, reality in workwise was the first time I got made redundant. But then they were going to pay me three months worth of money, and I said I got made redundant, and my parents were leaving the country, and I said, "Well, this is looking quite sweet, so I can now choose what I want to do." I was like, "So what are you going to do, Craig?" And I said, "Well, you've always made it work at the end of the day, so go for more." So I found another job. And I didn't even, I didn't hesitate. I never had one bit of doubt. Basically, my belief is, if God put me on this earth, He never put me on this earth to do to be anything but less than great. I don't care how bad it is. I don't care how sad it seems. He never put us here to be less than great. So if I don't find the perspective or the mindset I need to make this a silver lining, then I need to give myself time. And figure it out, because I'm either here to win or learn how to win, and that was it. And that's how I live my life, like moving forward. And that has that has traveled from a kid, but I believe it was all instilled in me from my parents as to how they treated me when I was at school. When I failed, they never treat. They it was always bringing me back back up. And obviously, when I did well, I got the stuff that I wanted because I earned it. I think the、um, the bit that kind of Resonated and clicked with me when you was mentioning that is it 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 came from your parents, and the reason why that kind of clicked with me is because a lot of what I've heard is that for you to almost become and this can be controversial, but for you to become a broken man, it's questionable questionable whether you was actually born that way, and the reason why it's it's said like that is because. It can be instilled from what your parents teach you. There is a bit of controversy in that, but yeah, on, Alex, I know you want to say so.、Something. So, have you heard of a theory called attachment theory? Yeah, expand. So, go attachment, on, go on, attachment theory is that there are three there are three attachments. Typically, just to keep just to keep it simple, it's avoidant, secure, and anxious, and it all depends and it all develops from. Your relationship with your primary caregiver from a child, essentially,、mm. those are, those can be disrupted throughout your childhood, adolescence, and so on and so forth. Just from what you've said to from what you've said in that in in your piece,、um, Craig, it was very interesting that you said that even when you when you failed, you were brought back up, and when you when you succeeded, you were rewarded. 
So you will always, you weren't shielded. You weren't over, from what you're saying anyway, from what I'm imagining what you're saying, you weren't overprotected. You weren't over anything. You weren't under mm-hmm. anything either. So mm-hmm. you were kind of like, if you didn't do well, you knew that it wouldn't be a great situation, but you knew that it wouldn't be a demoralizing one. Mm-hmm the disruptions that you had. So what that does then, it just builds up a character in you, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And that's what I was saying. That's why I was like, it's very, definitely a testament to your kind of parents and the way that they kind of, and their perspective on how you grow as well. And then, and then once that, once they left you to kind of do your own thing, you kind of went, you took that. And that's, and that is the, and that is an interesting kind of um, look at it which is why when you said about, when Simon, you said about broken, or you were born that way or whatnot, I don't think we are ever born broken. We are, a, we are people who are, who are born of a set of experiences and environments. Mm. And our personality is molded to, is molded within those environments. So yeah, that's just basically, basically what it is, you know, that's the way I, that's the way, that's the way I that's look true. at it. That's true. I think, I think that that came from, I guess, the the and and you're right. No, you're right. So, but I I guess what I'd say in response to that, and what a lot of people would, I guess, would think about is essentially you you could be considered to be born broken. We'll just say in quotation marks because of the the things that are put on you by your parents. Whether it's even you're born into a household where your father isn't around, you feel that you're broken inside because you don't have what other people have or you don't have you're poor you don't have a home to live under you don't have you're homeless or something like you may be born into those circumstances where you feel broken because you're not you don't have Ooh. what you i guess would expect well, to have you know, as a human being i just, I just think like. that to be broken you have to have been whole at one point you know mm. if, if we're going to use the word broken as i said i'm not hugely um with that but if you, you know, you had to be whole at one point. So if you grew up mm-hmm. without a parent there, you can't be broken, really, because like the environment probably is, and the emotion, an emotional kind of imbalance probably is, but you as a person can't be. Does that, does that not make any sense? Because you, yeah. because you are, because you are a whole person. And it's just your set mm. of environments and the kind of things that are around you have created that part of you rather than it being like, you know, rather than it being, you know, I mean, rather than that part of you being snapped out of and you. That's why it comes broken. down to the mindset. Yeah. yeah. That's why it comes down to the mindset so, of what we were so, talking about with Craig is the mindset you so have. So what I think around that, uh, of what both of your, your points is that, yeah, what uh, Alex is saying is that you're already whole. If you was born in poverty, then technically you wouldn't be broken because of poverty because you was already, that's all you knew. But what ends up happening is the transition as a child through your childhood. There's two sides. There's two things that can happen. One of them is when you get exposed to the world, the world is one going to tell you who you should or shouldn't be or tell you one second, you're poor, by the way. Did you not know you're poor? (laughs) That's one of them. But before that is times of um, times when what, what Alex picked up was the fact that I was I was supported both in both in both times when I failed or perceived failed and succeeded. 
And as a kid, the times when you have negative enforcement, that is when it starts to break you. That's when you start to get pieces taken out of you because then you start to think, oh, okay, let's say a kid, I don't know, they do something that's not right. They, you, get, you get punished so they can, for safety. But when a kid is punished for something that is actually a good thing, but the, the, I don't know, the adult doesn't perceive it that way, the child starts to, it starts to take away from the kid and they start to lose confidence in themselves slowly, slowly, slowly. Then they get chucked out into worlds. Then you get told that you're poor. And then you get told about how many things that you can't do because your parents taught you that you wasn't supposed to do this. So now you're not empowered or enforced. You're now this thing that you're like, okay, so my parents say no. And then the world is telling me even worse things that's enforcing what they kind of said or making it even worse. Now you're entering this world as a, not a full person. So my, so when I like listen to a lot of people's stories, a lot of it comes from a child, uh, like um, their childhood. Um, but funny enough, not everybody is it because of their childhood that it happens. So, cause some people have great parents that maybe they had the same enforcement as I did, but then if the world, they didn't adapt well to the world, then that could have caused a problem as well. So for me, for example, when the world looked at me, other than the fact I was a black man, I didn't necessarily have a bad life. Like I had a good life. But let's say that you took me and put me in a poor environment and then came out into the world and I looked poor. Then maybe I would have been completely different. I would have been a completely different aspect, depending on how my mindset would have been able to adapt to it. So there's a there's a few there's a few. Yeah, there's a few elements. How is the how does the um, the parent really enforce some of the things that the kid goes through in their life? Need it be school or relationships with friends or how they how do they really support these different things what is their contribution and then that that contribution will now be imprinted on the kid and then when you go into adulthood how well do you as adapt do you find your space in the world or do you always feel out of place that's the key part about it do you find your place in the world because i found my place pretty easily i didn't i've never really gone through crazy parts of racism i just believe if you're a hard worker you're going to find a place in the world and you're going to click and you're going to go for it but then maybe on alex's side he was a hard worker he still did all the stuff that he needs to do to be in the positions and there wasn't the right enforcement i've had to be honest when i first started my jobs i was rejected for my first two jobs and then my third job i got it and then in my head i said them two jobs weren't even for me because they were dead anyway <laughs> that's how i said it in my head so I took a different job. The third job is my third try. And, that, and I just accepted, yeah, this is where I was supposed to be anyway. Now, Alex, on a different side, he may have been, he was rejected for one of the things to say he had to go to Scotland. And he's like, wow, this is a punishment. Like, I shouldn't be here. Is this because I'm not good enough? Kind of thing. And I would have gone to Scotland and said, this is way better. I'm about to kill it out here. I'm going to show these people. I'm going to take over Scotland and take over England. It is about, and that's what the healing is. It's coming back to self and understanding mm. what you is and, and figuring out what you need to learn when you need to learn it. I just wasn't learning them damn lessons. I just wasn't. I was. I was. I was taking. I was just taking beatings every time because you know. Do, when do you, you know? You, do you know the key words, Alex? <laughs> it was. It's the part about now that he wasn't maybe parented the way he needed to be. He had right. to now parent himself, parent himself. and exactly. this is where we are now. So exactly. a lot of the stuff when you go through healing is actually a lot of alone time. Like there is a therapist that's going to help you sort your thoughts out and put things in order. But then most of the time is spent on your own. Absolutely. You are with yourself 24-7. Yeah. 
if you do not like yourself, then it's peak. So you better just get to know, figure out, <laughs> I iron out and all and all them thing there. But you're right. It's the parenting, it's the self-parenting. It's coming back to self and it's really understanding where you're at with that. I think you made the point as well, actually, Alex, when you were talking about when you had that panic attack and how your friend actually calmed you down, what they did in that in that point is actually made you self-aware. Right. Yeah. Because they was obviously giving you those questions. Like, okay, who are you? Where are you? What can you see? You became more self-aware and that actually centered yourself and centered your thoughts. Mm-hmm. I think even when we're looking back at what can we do if we feel in any situation that we are broken, how do we heal from that? Because that's what we're talking about is self-awareness, is self-love, is self-forgiveness. And all of the things that we've already mentioned, it's just about self-parenting and being very conscious of you, who you are, what you want and how to get that and what you want to do to make yourself happy. And I think that's, that's the key in itself. Yep. It's, yeah, that's a. I like. I like all the uh, that part. That kind of uh, evaluation. I think it was a. It's a very interesting part because a lot of people. Funny enough, you know, when I hear people go through, this is a a part I'm gonna share. Is I hear a lot of people go through like really tough relationships, right? And you know, when they go through a point where they go through like a breakup, it's breakup time. Like they've decided this is mm-hmm. it. It's done. Mm-hmm. In me. I'm very empathetic. Like I'm being, I'm trying to be caring and comforting. But in the other side of me, I'm like, this is absolutely amazing. They're heartbroken, like broken. <laughs> like this is, and you hear this, they're broken and they've decided to end it as well. Why? Mm. Because you're in such a bad position, you will stop pleasing others. In a heartbreak of relationships, most people stop pleasing others, stop taking BS from people, stop a lot of things, and now they're with themselves and they're going to start self-pleasing. Because a lot of bad relationships where people have taken a lot of BS is actually too much of people-pleasing and very, mm. a lot of sacrificing mm. of who they are. And that's why I love stuff like that because I look at people, there's so many different stories, different things people are going through. And then when, but when they've... And it's hard when they're going through it and they haven't made a decision, I'm going to change it. It's really hard because you're like, can you just decide, please just decide. But when they have decided mm. it is time to change and they cut things off, I'm like, oh, this is about to be, this is about to be a caterpillar into, into a whole butterfly right now. Man, this is crazy. <laughs> I mean, I love it because I know how that's how I think. That's how I'll see it. I'll break that down. I'll be like, it's time. It's my time. Mm-hmm. And that's what I like mm. to see for other people. But that process is required like we look at we could go for alex and um, my kind of journey and we'll say well which one is is the right journey which one would it be better for him to be no there's not one or the other we are very dynamic people we are dy- dynamic living he's he's uh, his journey is required my journey is required the different the different outlooks is uh, and then when you can accept this is the part when you can accept that your journey if it has happened and you are still alive today that it was required you will then be able to move forward. Because you know what's happening? A lot of people are in this kind of, they want this middle, they're they're here. A lot of people want this to change. Everything that was in their past, they want it to change so they can elevate, right? But if they just say that this was acceptable, then they can start here or start here and they can go. But what's to happen is that they're holding on to these anchors that they need to change, that you can't change the past. You just need to accept that if I'm here breathing, I have an opportunity and I could, that means this, this past is a part of me now and I'm going to go, I'm going to mm-hmm. elevate. 
But the world keeps telling us things that say that, no, you should have never gone through that. That should have never been you. That should have never been that way. You should have always, you should have done that. Someone might tell Cole, turn around to Alex and say, nah, man, when you were at Scotland, you should have done it this way. And this, he said, my brother, it's done. I can't, it's Absolutely, done. absolutely. <laughs> and, this, and this is what I'm saying. And this is what I'm saying. And, and acceptance is the, is the key. Like mm. you just, and once you, once you have to figure that part, that part out, else mm. you're just going to be in a consistent, consistent turmoil. Um, exactly. you know what I mean? Mm. So, I Craig, you're right. You yeah. know, you're actually right. And just thinking it, cause obviously we've all, I guess we've all been through breakups in it. And I'm even in a situation now where I've got to be honest. I feel that in some respects I am broken being in a relationship and feeling like you you need to give so much to the relationship where it gets to the point where you don't really have that much to give to yourself and then you're you're kind of struggling you're in this internal battle of trying to work on a relationship trying to please the other person but not really pleasing yourself and even a, a, a quote or something that i've heard i can't remember who said it i don't I've, it might have even been like will smith or someone where it says a relationship isn't about you having the responsibility of making the other person happy. The perfect relationship, I guess, in a sense is having one person that's wholly happy, the other person that's wholly happy, and then you're happy together rather than it being, well, I'm not quite happy, but I want to be in this relationship to be happy. And you're expecting that you're going to gain that happiness from the other person when really and truly the happiness needs to come from you first. And that's what blossoms into a beautiful relationship. So I'm, I'm at that stage. I'm at that stage. I'm working on it. So I, I, I would even consider myself in many respects to still be healing from the cracks within myself. Mm -hmm. Which is about just, again, finding yourself and finding what works for you in a sense. And the funny thing, you know, the, the, the killer part about it, I think a lot of people have this realisation that they need to self-heal or they need to find themselves. But what they're scared of is that when they, you, you, you know, if you ever had like a good, like a good phone, right? And you go to the, the, <laughs> the car phone warehouse and they say, yeah, you got an upgrade. And they're like, and you're thinking, oh, you know, the first time you ever got upgrades, like, are they going to take this phone and then I'm going to have to get the new one? And you wanted to keep both. And thankfully in the normal world, we get to keep the old phone and we get the new phone, right? But in the world of us, you don't get to keep the old phone. So when you become the new person that you're expecting that you need to be, you will have to let go of certain friends. You have to let go of certain relationships. You have to get go of certain jobs or situations or things that you want. And you say, no, but some of these friends are cool though. Can I keep them? Is that, yeah, but they're a bit toxic sometimes, right? Or that relationship, but there's the good parts, right? Like the, fling mm -mm, them. It's good, fling good. them. And you got to, you got to, you got like, yeah, but you, you can't get both. Or that's, the, the job is good, that like, the pay is way high, like 50K or whatever it is. Yeah, but the boss is like just demoralizing. Let it go. You gotta let it go, and let that's and go. that's the hardest part. It's the anchors. It's not the people not discovering it. It's the God. Show me a sign, my boy. I gave you a sign here. I here. gave you several signs. Here. Listen, here. open up your eyes. Here, here. Yeah. you you calling me for a sign? I'm giving you more signs. I slap in your face there, <laughs> and you just you not know, taking do you know it. The, do you know what? Do you know the way I looked at it as well, right? Because I was in some, I was in a series of really, really bad friendships, yeah. 
And I, th- and I always looked at it like this. I was like, when God says to you, leave the place and you don't listen and he'll give you three chances and the third chance, he's dashing you out of it. And you're going to leave it in the worst possible way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, you know, full of shame, full of anger, full of like all of this different stuff. Because you weren't listening, you didn't pick up on the vibe that was being given to you. Yeah, and this is what I and this is what I'm and and that's why I agree with what you're saying. Like it's so funny when you speak because it's like what looking into just a mirror sometimes. I'm just like, this is so <laughs> jokes, and um, that's why I wanted to just like play church church piano behind you. <laughs> you know when the pastor's speaking and you're like yes pastor yes 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 oh, and they start standing up at the end of it yes yeah. <laughs> but yes, yeah I, it's all like, it's about yeah. Yeah, it's like, letting go like what you said man yeah. definitely letting mm. go of it if it has happened or is happening it is required right. most of our pain what was it what was it we talked about this before alex um mm. Mm. Most of our pain uh, is in the in our in imagination. The future, no, it's in our imagination, not in, in the reality. Thoughts. Yeah, the reality yeah. is you're alive, you're breathing. You got you got this, you got this, you got you got a, a ton of things to be grateful yeah. for. But the imagination is you want it to be different. The, the, the brain is uh, the brain. Is, yeah, brain lies. Q and A. First question is, and this is to open up the floor to so Alex. You can jump in as well. <clears throat> Is it fair to say that until you can heal yourself, you run the risk of always creating toxic relationships? It is fair to say that, yeah, but it's not an excuse. I um, you know, some people don't. Some people don't go. Okay, example. Uh, have you guys watched Forrest Gump? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Um, Craig, I won't spoil it if you watched it, but I'd say watch that. That's like, I, feel like, guys, I feel like I feel like you would love that film. Honestly, just knowing who you are, you would love it. It's a good film. Um, it's good a good film. film. But anyway, Forrest Gump. He has a love interest. A love interest, Jenny. Um, Jenny has, yeah. has a series of really, really traumatic experiences throughout her life. And yes, and Forrest was the most secure man there for her at every single point of her life that that was happening right she pulled what she due to her experience due to her early experiences and stuff that she was growing that she had when she was growing up she pulled in a lot of um toxic relationships with a lot of toxic experiences to her because that's what she was used to until she got to a stage until she got to a point it's like exactly what craig was saying about the behind you if you want to go up you got you know you don't want to bring all you know when you're doing diagrams and things but um <laughs> you know what i mean like you know when you don't want to you want to move on but you carry in the stuff behind you and once you let that like let that stuff go and really kind of um heal from that you start to invite you start to create space for yourself in a new space to allow for the relationships that you want to allow for the relationships that you desire allow for the people that you want in your life to come to you but when that's blocked up with resentment, with anger, with hate, with self-hate, with lack of self-compassion, with lack of self all of that stuff, when that's all blocked up there, you are inadvertently putting out signals to attract that to you. So yeah, I do think it's fair to say that. Well, there's, there's, I guess there's two sides because the self-awareness, self-awareness again is a process, self-healing is a process again, and even at letting go, sometimes it's a decision but it could be a build-up of a lot of things to make that decision. 
Now, the question was more leading to, in my opinion, probably more leading to, do you have to put your life on pause while you're healing, in a sense? Do you have to put your your kind of relationships that you're going to have with people on pause until you feel like you're healed? Um, and the reason why I like to, I said it in this way is because I know a lot of people who have almost said they do not deserve to be in a relationship or have certain friends because they don't believe, they believe they're enough yet. Now, the funny thing is that I go back to the same thing I said, everything is necessary. So sometimes a person should put themselves in a situation where there's a really good friend, a really good person that they want in their life. And it will encourage it. If they mess it up, it was it needed to happen. But then them feeling so bad about them messing it up because of something that they haven't healed from will encourage them to want to change. And it goes, it's like a cycle. It will happen and you'll go through different friends and different relationships sometimes and different colleagues or whatever. And you'll go in a cycle until you finally decide enough. And I couldn't, and the reason, and the reason why I'm going to say this to people is because some people really right now believe that they are in this position where they're broken or they, they need to heal and they feel like they're not enough. I'm going to tell you, you are enough. You do deserve to live. And I want you to live as hard as possible. And when you need to change, it will happen. Mm. And the things around you that are going, that come into your life was there for you. The things that leave your life wasn't for you. And what you, what you need to go through, you have to go through it. And you've already gone through it. So keep doing it. And that's why, that's my best answer to that. Because I believe that the person saying, is it fair to? Because they're going to lead to a question that will basically be like, well, if that's the case that you know, because a person, remember, uh, it's perspective, right? For me, to you, Simon, I know you, Simon. If you suddenly said, Craig, you know what? I'm broken, man. I ain't going to no relationships. I ain't doing nothing with nobody until I fix this. And I say, no, nah, man, Simon. It was, you just, it was just maybe the wrong person. It was the wrong situation. It was the wrong time in your life. Just keep living, keep doing the same things you're doing. But that's my perspective of you. But your perspective of yourself might be like, mm-mm. 10 years, I'm going to give it 10 years. <laughs> you understand? So I want, I want people to be aware. Yeah. Just keep living and keep trying. Your hardest is always enough. Mm. Okay. I'm in a struggling relationship with someone who finds it very difficult to open up. I know he's got a past and has been through a lot, but doesn't share much with me. How do I manage being with someone who still has a lot of healing to do in any relationship any situation you're in your main priority is you your main priority is you so if you're in a relationship and this person is going through healing going through the processes and you still are happy together etc let them go through it if their healing or their processes is taken away from you and now you are feeling like you are becoming less as the days or months go on. Mm-mm. You better put, take a standstill on something. Now, this is going to be a leaving situation, but I like to give it more chances. There are uh, uh, couples counseling. There's even maybe finding ways that you can re- just go on Google. People Google more about shopping than they do about how to heal their relationships. Go on Google. How do I talk to my partner more? There's people that do maybe like they do letters to each other. They do like having sit down discussions, like actual date nights where they have a discussion about how is the week gone? How is, what did you like and dislike? What, how could I be a better partner? Nobody's asked that question. How could I be a better partner to you? So I think in my opinion, if it's taken away from you while your partner is healing, 
then you need to make a ch- something needs to you need to take a make a standstill where you do something actively that's going to improve it or make it go in the right direction. If it goes too far where you've tried things, effort is is blown, or you seem that to find yourself just you're just not the same person. You're less than you was when you first got into the relationship. Then I say it's, it's you need to just it's, it's gotta go, gotta go. Just on the, off the back of that, <clears throat> Craig, absolutely correct. Um, I agree with your perspective. However, I would also add that. What is it that you what like so because you have to remember like it's not always it's not always going to be straight up like no one's you're not always gonna come to the relationship always vulnerable you know what I'm saying and sometimes mm. we enter into these things thinking and feeling like we are in a particular space when really we are kind of reflecting and projecting the things that our insecurities onto the other person so. I would say that's an interrogation that needs to happen because if that's the case, if that, if, 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 if you know that you're good, you know that you're good and you know that he definitely has something wrong with him or not wanting to say, or something that is bothering him or whatever, and he's not saying it to you, then I'd say head down the path in what Craig said. But if not, I would say really investigate whether it's, whether it's you and what you're thinking about, and what you're thinking about mm-hmm. when it comes to comes to the relationship and <clears throat> comes to that. Um, there's a lot of stuff that we kind of show, that we bring up when we come into our interpersonal relationships. And a lot of times, a lot of the times it's our own stuff that we are bringing up. Ego. By, yeah, by way of us thinking it's the other person. He might just be cool. He's <laughs> not. You lot both hit the nail on the head, man. I think you lot, I would, yeah, you lot both hit the nail on the head because it definitely does come down to perspective. But just agreeing with and just reiterating that point, like I think the burden of healing someone is not on you. It's not your responsibility to fix the other person. If they have healing to do, it's you, I guess if you're in a relationship, your role would be to support, your role would be to love, but them. In order for them to heal, it's about self-awareness and it's about self-healing. And as Craig, as you already said as well, you kind of touched on it is don't let it get to the point where it becomes toxic to you. Mm-hmm. And do you have the, the strength to carry that? If it is a deep thing, do you have the strength to carry that? And a lot of people can sense the people that they can share to and the people that they can't. So if that person feels that they can't share that or not able to share that, address whether you have the whether you feel like you have the ability to carry that because it's a lot a lot of there's a lot of stuff and whether you feel like you should that reminds me a bit of like uh, to give you something quite personal my like past some of my past relationships where as i've left i realized that they were probably going through a healing process or going through something and i would sometimes i used to like i like taking response i like taking responsibility in a kind of a, a a how can i say being i want to be in control so if i say if i blame somebody like a relationship or blame a friend for something happening then i then i lose power because that means i blame them so i don't have the power over it so when i in like my relationships previous relationships i reflect on them i used to say to myself or i say it now if they couldn't heal or talk to me about certain things while i was in the relationship with them then i didn't create the space or the surety to make them feel that they could do that. 
I never blame them and say, oh, it's because of them and they did this and they they were just, yeah, they were terrible partner. I used to say to myself, I was basically not the right person to create that space or make them feel secure enough to want to open up to me. That's what I would prefer to say. So I don't, I could, I don't like to, I, my ego is probably the worst thing because my your ego is what makes you think, oh, it was all on them. It was all them that did this. And in reality, you got, there was, there's the case where actually, if you got to a point where your relationship became toxic, there was probably a hell of red flags where your ego was living by thinking that they should have become an expectation that you wanted. But in reality, they are who they are. They came to you as they are. And you were supposed to accept it because a relationship is not companionship and because you're going to get married and do all these balloons. No, a relationship is you actually choosing the person that is right in front of you. Not feeling a silhouette that you want to say this person's going to fit right in there. And then they're like, oh, you know, when you got the, the, the square blocks on the circle and the circle holes, it's like, <laughs> this person just needs to shape off the edges and they can fit right now. It doesn't work that way. So don't live by your expectation of it. That's why when Alex mentioned the part about um, like, what do you, what, you're saying that they need healing, but well, who are you to say that they needed healing? Or is it time yet or so it's a, it, I think it's more a case that the person is focused on an expectation like, oh, my partner should probably be this person by now, or they should be this person to me, or they should be able to talk about this. But you accepted them for who they are today. If they become better, then great, you grew together. But if they are, your, your question that you have to ask yourself is, if this person does not change for five to 10 years or more, would I be able to stay with this person? Could I cope? Could I, get, could I still thrive? And if I cannot, then you've got to leave. And it's not up to them to change. It's up to you to treat, make the decision to leave. Thank you, man. Thank you for sharing. Yes. Okay. Unfortunately, we've got a cool time on this, man. It's been a really powerful conversation, but we've got to wrap it up, man. Um, so obviously... For, for you guys that have sent in those questions thank you so much um, make sure that you guys keep um, engaging with us obviously this platform isn't just about us talking to you we want you guys to get involved ask questions continue the conversation and open up to us about your views and your experiences so obviously if you've enjoyed this podcast and you want something you want to do something to help us out then please consider liking sharing and remember to follow us at talking to my thoughts to stay up to date with all of our content Guys, thank you so much. Alex, thank you so pleasure, much. Um, and thank you guys for listening, man. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you guys soon. Thank you. Thank you.